Well, this morning, uh, I'm going to do Daniel chapter 3. And uh, I know we did this not too long ago on Wednesday night in the book of Daniel. But it was, I was looking through the Bible and uh, it talked about the great escape. And they had a list of things that was there. This was not part of it. (laughs) So I thought, well, I I think one of the great escapes is in Daniel chapter 3 where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they go into the fiery furnace. Doesn't sound like an escape. But we find that nothing could hurt them, even in the furnace. And so we are, we are grateful for that. And we're going to, you know, plan on remembering it. I, I, as a, I grew up in church. I mean, when I, was, when I was yet in my mother's womb, I went to church. <laughs> so I don't think there's ever been a time that I was not in church. And so um, I think that this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was somewhat relegated to children's church, you know, Sunday school lessons. And I, I didn't, it didn't have uh, equal time as one of the miracles uh, of God. And so sometimes it took on the um, perspective of, well, those are just children's stories, you know. Well, this story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is a real story. It is one that took place in Babylon, and then these are three young men who have to make a decision about their life and what they're going to do. And it's, it's interesting because in, in our Sunday school lesson, <coughs> we are studying Ezekiel, and Ezekiel's time period is about 593 to 471. It's, you know, he doesn't have a long period of time. Daniel's time period is 606, so 593, 606, you know, we're going in descending order. So 606 to 539, so Ezekiel and the 10,000 or more captives that were transplanted from, relocated from Israel to Babylon would have known about this story, would have known about this situation. And uh, perhaps it was one that Ezekiel would have called upon to call the people to faith and believe God. Because in our Sunday school lesson, It spoke about how that the people of Israel were complaining to Ezekiel and complaining about God, that God is unfair, (laughs) you know. And they were going through this whole ritual about how that God was, you know, blaming them for the sins of their father. The sins of their father caused them to be brought to Babylon. And Ezekiel is saying, no, you refuse to repent, you know. Your fathers refused to repent, but you continue to refuse. And so that's why you're here. And uh, the whole lesson this morning is about some of that type of uh, responsibility. But here in Daniel, we have um, King Nebuchadnezzar. He made an image. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon, and he is uh, an authentic king. He is an authentic um, ruler uh, back in history, so you can look him up. And he made a golden image. Now, prior to this, in chapter 2, the king has a vision, but he can't remember it. And Daniel tells him about the vision. And, you know, the king, the, the gold head of the Babylon, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Grecian, the Roman, and so on. So all those empires that are going to follow um, Nebuchadnezzar's empire. So Nebuchadnezzar, you know, <laughs> being ruler of the in t- then, world, then known world, he, you know, he doesn't have an ego problem. So he builds this image. You know, it is, uh, what does he talk about here, how many feet high it is? 90 feet high, 
and nine feet wide, and um, he, you know, and he overlays it with gold. So you know, he wants to be impressive. If you're going to build an image, build a big one. So he summoned all the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates. Well, all these people were the Babylonian Empire um, spanned, you know, what is now Turkey and Iraq, Iran, Arabia, you know, north of, north of Israel. I mean, it was a then-known world, so it was, it was quite a lot of distance. So he had different people in charge of different provinces, and in those provinces he had different uh, people in charge of the counties and, you know, different things like that. So he called everybody together back to Babylon and to this, probably this uh, plateau or this plain in the desert, and there he has this image set up. And he says in verse 3, So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, all the other provincial officers assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. So he wanted everybody that he had placed in charge of running this kingdom and following through with his orders, he wanted them to be there, and they are going to, they're appointed by the king, and they are told to be there. So they showed up. Now we don't know where Daniel's at. <laughs> Daniel is in Babylon, but he himself is not at this particular place. Because if he had been, he would have been with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But, um, so Daniel is perhaps back in Babylon, running, running, helping run the kingdom. Verse 4. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lither, the, the, lither, the lyre, <laughs> the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. That's, you know, don't, you know, Everybody, you're going to hear the sound, of, the sound of music. You're going to hear the sound of this band making, I don't know if they were playing Hell to the Chief or whatever, but they were playing this note, and everybody who heard it, they were supposed to bow down. And there were conditions. Whoever does not fall down and worship will be immediately thrown into the blazing furnace. <laughs> so you've got an option. You bow down or you die. <laughs> so, seems fairly plain. You know, you, you, you either do what you're told or you're going to be thrown into the furnace. The furnace is like a kiln that you would, uh, I guess, uh, melt metals in and they weren't met melting steel. But this uh, forge that they put up here would uh, do about 1,600 degrees, so that's roasting turkeys and hot dogs would be done rather quickly. And um, so anyhow, this blazing furnace, this industrial furnace for smelting metals. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the, the horn, the flute, the, the, the zither, uh, the lyre, the harp, and all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and men of Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So, at the time, some astrologers. Now, astrologers were the um, Chaldeans. Now, they were kind of like the... Um, judges, and so on. Um, they were jealous of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were jealous of Daniel because 
after Daniel has um, interpreted the vision of King Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar put him in charge. He's, Daniel's in charge of the whole kingdom. And Daniel says, make my three friends, my three, you know, put them right under me to rule the kingdom. So here is Daniel, who is a captive taken from Jerusalem, brought to Babylon, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, taken captive and brought to Babylon. And uh, they have proved themselves to be wiser, <laughs> um, more diligent in what they do. They have become the best in, 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 in Babylon. So these are the, bre- the best, the brightest individuals uh, of, of the captivity brought in, and they're, they're um, more qualified than all the people who had already been there in Babylon. So here are these strangers coming in from a foreign land, captured by, ba- by Nebuchadnezzar, and these satrap, these Chaldeans, astrologers, they've been displaced. Daniel's now in charge, and his three friends are in charge. Excuse me. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the the lyre, the map, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of God, of, of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into the blazing furnace. It's always good to remind the king of what he said. (laughs) because you're going to use that against him. So what he's doing here is reminding, these guys are reminding the king of his declaration because he really likes Daniel and he really likes these three guys because they can run the kingdom pretty smoothly, better than anybody else he's had in charge. So the king knows who these guys are and he is aware of what they have proven themselves to be able to do in t- taking care of the kingdom. So the, the guys who don't like them, the Chaldeans, the astrologers, they're reminding the king of what he has set in, in motion. But there are some Jews, so okay, now they didn't come right out and name them, but there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. So we know they're in position of leadership. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. So, let's make the king as mad as we can because people he's put in charge don't respect his laws. Mm. Verse 13. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar lost control. How could anyone ever dare to disobey his command? He determines whether people live or die, and he has made the decision that everybody should bow down. So Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true? Now, again, these are the the good guys. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up. Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, 
zither, lyre, and harp, pipes, and all kinds of music. If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Now, if we think about it, it's, it's a little compromise. If you bow down, you're going to live. Okay? But if you don't bow down, you're going to die. So is it better to live and be a witness for God? Or is it, is it all right to fudge a little? You know, to maintain position. And, and it's, a, it's a challenge of being able to know what's right and wrong. But, you know, had they, had they <clears throat> bowed down to the king, we wouldn't be reading about them. They would have been just part of the large group of people who followed the king's orders. Now, the, the challenge is, they, uh, if they would compromise a little, the serving their people while they are in a foreign land, perhaps being alive and serving God and serving the people in the land is better than dying in a fiery furnace. So they have to weigh the balances here because they don't know they're going to die, they're going to be delivered. All they know is, we don't bow down, we're going to die. So here, I, I, this is the, the response, and this is the... Uh, response that we can look at in our life because every, we are constantly surrounded with the God who took care of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they go into the fiery furnace. We have that same God with us. Now, we read in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. They don't have a defense. Okay? They're not going to try and talk themselves out of it. <laughs> um, their commitment to God is much stronger than obeying the king's command. So we do not, we do not need to defend ourselves before, before you in this matter. It's not a matter of us convincing you that we are, that we are not guilty. We are guilty of, your, of, your, of disobeying your command because your command is, is, is causing us to break our command to serve God only and no one else. And we would rather obey God than you. <laughs> so we don't need to de de defend ourselves. Verse 17, If we are thrown into the fire, into the blazing furnace... The God we serve is able to save us from it. Now, this is, this, is a hard, this is a hard part for all of us. We know that God can, can preserve us from every obstacle. We know that there is no difficulty too hard for God. And we find that that's kind of what these guys are talking about, that the God we serve is able to save us from it, from the fiery furnace. He will rescue us from your hand, O King. But even if he does not, even if God doesn't do what we want him to or what we're asking him to, he's still God. And either way, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods 
or worship the image of gold you have set up. (laughs) So whenever we find ourselves that God doesn't come through with the answer to our prayers, we we have to make the decision. God is able to deliver us, but if he doesn't, has our faith changed? And here we find the challenges presented to the, these, three, these three individuals that if they don't bow down to the king, they're dead men. So, king, we don't have a defense. But we know this. Our God is bigger than you. He's able to deliver us, but if he doesn't, doesn't matter. We're still delivered from you in death. It's, it's no big deal. We live for God, and we will live on with God. So they had this set out. So the uh, faithfulness of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is seen here regardless of the circumstances. That's what make this, makes this story so important, that regardless of the circumstances, their faith is in place. See, often, we sometimes, well, sometimes we think if our, if our faith doesn't produce something, then God is unfair. We talked about that in Ezekiel. Or God doesn't like me, or God is not able to, or we go through all the excuses, and the bottom line is, God is able, but if he doesn't, he's going to give us the strength to go through it. No. We like when everything comes out according to prayers. You know, God, I want this. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Just like Amazon, next day delivery. (laughs) and it's free (laughs) amen so (laughs) we find that in our life we pray and we want next day delivery or same hour delivery then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and his attitude towards them changed he was being lenient with them because he liked them they were friends of Daniel and Daniel had interpreted the vision and he, he liked them, but when they refused to bow down, he had a change of attitude. Sometimes when you don't do what other people like, they have a change of attitude. No longer do they consider you friends, nor do they consider you worthy enough to continue in a relationship of some of whatever. So... In order to make them burn up more quickly, <laughs> he ordered the furnace heat, heated seven times hotter than usual. Now, I don't think they had a thermostat, you know, one of those uh, laser things. You know, it's 1,200 degrees, turn it up to 7,000 degrees, you know. But what they did was they increased the heat. And again, this is a kiln uh, for metals and stuff that they would, were, were making at the time. And again, those kilns at that time went up to, I think it was 1,200, 1,500 degrees. So they commanded it to be seven times hotter and uh, commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. 
So this was so hot that when they threw the guys in, the people who threw them in died. It was so hot. So the king, you know, we're going to burn them up and we're going we're gonna to really torture them. Well, <laughs> the challenge is that, see, can God keep us? But if not, our God is well able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. But if not, so we have that, if God doesn't answer my prayer, it doesn't mean he can't answer it. Because what happened next is what totally blows the king out of position. And, you know, here is the, empire, and here is the king of the empire of Babylon being once again running straight into the God of Israel of Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, didn't we put in three guys? Why are there four? <laughs> they replied to the king, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth like a son of the gods. See, always remember, the fourth guy in the fire is always with us. No matter what we're going through, the fourth guy in there is always with us. Perhaps it is a, pre, a, re, a pre-incarnation of Jesus himself there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Perhaps it's an angel. We don't really know. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. (laughs) So he knew there was a divine friend. And so these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out of the fire, and the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the royal advisors crowded round about them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, not a hair of their heads singed, Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. (laughs) You see, God supernaturally controls all the details of the event. And one of the things that we find in this um, of, of Daniel here is the sovereignty of God, how that God is able to keep us no matter what the situation God is able to keep us. And here is this story back here in the Old Testament. But it's, it's not uh, a story, it's an event in which God proved himself faithful to three individuals that things didn't go right for them. Why? Because they were taken captive by a foreign nation. They were overrun. They were relocated from Israel back over to Babylon. Then whenever they are in Babylon, they are forced to eat the king's meat. And they say, we don't want to eat the king's meat. We want to be vegetarians. We will not eat the meat that you have offered to idols. So we are going to eat that which is not offered to idols. So they set themselves apart as a test. <laughs> and, the, you know, Daniel. And so when it came time to test them, they were ten times brighter than the other individuals. So God, they were, <laughs> had gone through that test. Now they were leading uh, the nation of Babylon. People are jealous. They're in power. 
And so then comes about the treachery of bowing down to the image. Because Nebuchadnezzar thought himself a god, and he had many gods. You know, pantheism, he had many gods that they worshipped in Babylon. But he was setting himself up there as one, and he was allowing the people that they, he wanted to unite the people, all those he had captured, he wanted to reunite them around worshipping him. And they all bowed down, but these three. Please, verse 28, then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's commandment. Trusting in God, knowing what is in our heart and what aligns with God and what doesn't, it may set us up to look like we're going to fail or fall out of favor, but that's not important. It's that we do what is right in our heart before God. And they were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their God. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. Then, king, the, then the king promised Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, what they, then he promoted them uh, in the province of Babylon. <laughs> now, Nebuchadnezzar was now willing to add their god to the list of gods. <laughs> but uh, we find that there was only one god that they were capable of worshiping, and it was the god of Israel. And for us, it's, you know, this is not just a story for children. It is a story for all of us to remember that God is with us. And no matter what situation, no matter what trial we go through, the God who is with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the same God who is with us. And when, God, when we are challenged to break what God has already placed in our heart, a commandment, this commandment here, not to bow down to any other, have no other graven image, serve no other God, they were willing to, to say we can't do that. But remember, why are the children of Israel these, there's, you know, in captivity? Because they worshiped the gods of their neighbors. Ezekiel talks about how that they have these temples on high places where the people were worshiping all these gods. And that's why they went into captivity. But here are three individuals who were not following what had, what had brought the nation of Israel into captivity. They were doing what was right in the eyes of God, and God preserved them, kept them in the, in, through the difficulty. Kept them through the difficulty. You see, whether it goes the way we pray or not, God will keep us. He will keep us through the difficulty, or he will take the difficulty away. But either way, God will keep us. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how that you worked through these three individuals so long ago that, God, you work those same miracles today. You work in our lives. You work in our hearts. You give us the strength to believe and to understand that nothing is impossible with you. We ask your blessing now upon our lives. 
Let us see, God, how you have kept us through the difficulties. And that, Lord, that you have been there with us in each of the situations, just like the three Hebrew children. So whether we are faced with a fiery furnace or a fiery trial, God, you keep us. You walk with us. You give us strength for each day. And you will bring us through the trial without the smell of smoke. <laughs> we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.